Hello and welcome to Life with Francie podcast, a place where you will find all kinds of conversation like mental health, self-love, self-care, trauma, hobbies, and more. With this podcast, I want to create a place where we support one another in business and personal life. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Now, let's get this show started. On today's episode, I have the pleasure to talk to Jerry a few i didn't ask him how you say his last Ooh. name but i found him on podmatch and that's a great place where you can find podcast hosts and podcast guests to make amazing collaborations uh so check it out and then jerry is a conflict resolution coach for asian american leaders he started coaching in 2017 to help others asian american professional to deal with the challenges they incur they encounter at work with their families and within themselves so you know i can't wait to get this conversation started welcome jerry so tell us what is life with you yeah it's a combination of work and sleep and reading books and trying new recipes and salsa dancing and yeah I, that's a that's a pretty good mix right there <laughs> oh my gosh i'm like i we the same <laughs> that sounds awesome so, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit more about your mission, how it started. Yeah, yeah. Um, I initially started a, a career in healthcare. I thought I was going to be pre-med. And then when I started college, I realized that I liked the idea of being a physician more than actually doing the work of becoming a physician. And so I still wanted to do something in healthcare. And so I chose pharmacy. And that's where the career conflict started happening with my parents because my my mom insisted I work for a chain pharmacy because it was going to give me the stability my father never had in his career journey and then the problem is is that when you step into that you don't realize what that stability costs you and you know so I I I was thankful for what the job did give me but I also knew it wasn't going to be a long-term solution but it took a long time for me to realize that I actually had to set things in motion if I really wanted to have a career or at least another job that would be more satisfying for me. And so after five years, after a really bad customer service incident, I said, okay, yeah, no, you know, I, doesn't matter how good uh, things can get, like the ceiling is only so high. So I leveraged my connections to get a teaching job through a, a pharmacy consulting company here in Houston that I moved from Tennessee to Houston for, and I proceeded to get fired 11 months later because I realized that uh, too late that I wasn't that serious about getting the job done. I just wanted to justify my stories to, as to why I didn't have to get the job done or didn't want. And so the company had their, made their choice after 11 months to say, hey, okay, well, that needs to stop. So uh, next, I stepped into a job where four of my paychecks bounced, filling for crooked doctors. And so that was another quick wake-up call. And how do you confront a boss who's clearly ripping you off? right? Like they don't tell you that in life's manual. And so again, yeah. this, this in unwillingness to engage difficult conversations was really holding me back, but I, I didn't know how to articulate that problem at the moment. All I knew is I need to get better quickly. And so when my friends were kind enough to get me with another company that was more legitimate, uh, they couldn't pay me more than eight hours a week. And so, you know, you're just like, well, beggars can't be choosers. How do I get more hours? And then when I had the chance to help facilitate some leadership workshops uh, through a pharmacy nonprofit some of my friends run, uh, that's when things start to change mentally for me because I said, well, you know, what if I could be a good leader? Because before I used to say I could never be a good leader. Like I just wasn't good at it. And I just was like, I'm just going to avoid situations that show my incompetence. 
instead of realizing that those moments of incompetence were actually the prerequisites to achieving the success that it needed to become a competent leader. And so when the chance to uh, become a full-time manager uh, in Houston opened up with that company, I said, yep, I got to take on this challenge. I can't afford to stay safe. And so um, once that company's funding got pulled, uh, the only reason I got an interview with my next job was that I had leadership experience on my resume. So I tell people leadership saved my career, but it wasn't over, right? Like that's, that's rarely the case where you just say, hey, I found this company. It's really great. And, uh, you know, that will be the last job I ever need. It turns out that wasn't the case. And so after hopping to a couple other different jobs that were available to me only because I had leadership experience, I realized that, you know, I just got tired of dealing with insurance companies and, um, you know, like drama, drama driven physicians. And I said, well, you know, I really want to do people development. That's what I really loved doing when I started doing that 11 years ago. And so I said, well, what would it take to become a, a full-time coach or a facilitator, but still very scared of rejection and failure. And so it remained a hobby for a long time up until I decided to get real coach training as the pandemic hit. And so now, right, what do you do? I was grateful for my then pharmacy job, which I still actually am doing right now while I build up this side business. And at the same time, I said, okay, how much longer am I going to really put this dream off? So you know, in the heart of the pandemic, I learned how to follow an LLC. And I you know, found a guy that was willing to build a website for on a, on a budget. And you know, I got some skin in the game. And so yeah, just this idea of how do I get better? You know, what are my limits? How do I help people the way which I had been helped, you know, when I had to learn how to fire people and I got in trouble actually when I didn't fire people or write people up, right? Um, and so that was my heart to say, you know what, as a coach, when I decided on a niche, it's less of something I decided on as opposed to what chose me because when I'm going through situations where I had to evict a roommate or I had to deal with a, a guy in church sexually harassing women in, in my class that I'd just become director of, uh, you know, you realize that the situations don't go away just because you stick your head in the sand. Like you cannot wait. These are situations you cannot wait to resolve themselves because they may never resolve themselves. And so you realize, hey, you know what? I'm going to have to step in because the cost of not stepping in is greater than me just wanting to stay safe. Wow. Yeah, and I can relate a lot on your story, you know, when it comes to like corporation in general. I work for the post office and I have never like, it wasn't like I woke up and I was like, oh, I want to be a male lady today. You know, yeah. that's what I want to be for the rest of my life. So changing jobs within the company, I have done that a lot. And I love, too, that you mentioned as you're working, you're still working your corporation and a cor in a corporation, but you're working on, on the side on stuff on yourself, you know, because a lot of people have the idea, especially with social media, that people are just out here doing their own thing and you make money right away. <laughs> and it, and it, the reality is not. The reality is that, we actually, most of us still have a corporation that we go to, but we're working on the side because we have a passion, you know, to help others. So, uh, yeah, how do you help your clients to get better at leadership? Yeah, yeah. Um, some of the some of the aspects of my coaching packages involve getting into a leader's mindset. 
right? And and not just a mindset, but an identity, realizing that leadership isn't about just what you do, but it's it's about who you are, right? I didn't become a better leader until I gave myself permission to say, you know what? What if I could become a good leader? How would I identify with that? What would how would I act? How would I change my thinking, right? And so part of it is just giving people permission to realize, you know what, I could be, it's possible that I could be good at this. And so once you say, hey, you know what, I could be good at this with enough work. Okay, now what? So now we start to equip them with tools. And so on my website, I give away uh, my five-step framework to navigating difficult conversations because I myself still hate conflict. The difference is, is that I have a system in place to make sure that I don't devolve into bad habits. And don't get me wrong, guys, there's still times when my bad habits went out, but less frequently than when they used to. And so I'll give an example. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my clients, past clients, had a situation where her boss called her after hours while she was at dinner with friends. And so she didn't pick up because you know, she was in the middle of something. And so the next morning, he just blasts her. He's just like, how dare you ignore my phone call? That's entirely disrespectful. If I need you, I need you when I need you. And I don't think you're that dedicated to this company if you're not going to respond to me when, when I need you to do that. And so she reaches out to me you know, on a Thursday night and she says, how do I handle this? Because I feel like I, I feel disrespected and I, I don't want to lose my temper and I need this job because, you know, I'm not at a point where I can financially quit this job yet and still be okay. So how do I kind of deal with this passive aggressive boss without possibly getting fired in the process of maybe possibly getting an apology or, you know, trying to sort out this moment that is really painful. And so we walked her through the five steps. And so the first step is to ask yourself, what is a successful conversation even sound like? Um, you know, and I asked her, do you want an apology? Do you want clear expectations? Like what exactly would be useful for you or most beneficial for you by engaging with this? And so we sorted out, okay, well, maybe an apology isn't realistic because he may not feel the need to apologize. But if you're able to put in some more concrete or specific guardrails so that if he calls, he understands that what if you were in the middle of a family emergency, like he shouldn't blow up at you, right? because you know he's telling himself a story that's justified but not accurate so how do we make sure you know we can guard against that or you know yeah how do we make sure we say hey how do we move past this uh so we sorted through that then the second step is to find 10 seconds of courage to put this conversation on the calendar right whether it's like 10 seconds of courage to send that email send that text pick up the phone conflict the first people like myself right we like to rationalize if we don't uh immediately get things going, right? So the goal of this step is to get things in motion, lock the gate behind you so that way you can't rationalize or downplay and say, well, maybe I just need to sleep on it another day. Oh, you know, one night's enough, right? Uh, you know, oh, maybe I can wait a couple weeks. It's just like the fire is going on and by the time you feel like you're ready in three weeks, the, bur the, the building will have burned out completely. So no, not an option. So this helps realize, you know what? I don't need to be a superhero. I just need to be a superhero for 10 seconds. So get that thing in motion. Third step, we scripted out her critical phrases. And so we said, hey, well, you know, don't let your thoughts rattle around in your head. Get them out on paper. Let's organize and prioritize. Okay, what are the three most important things that you want to be able to say? Right. And part of it is just recognizing, hey, how is he going to push back against the things that you want to make a point of? Right. Like, hey, um, 
setting that expectation to say, hey, just because I didn't pick up the phone when you called doesn't mean I'm being disrespectful, right? Maybe I'm in the middle of something and it's just not a good time to talk or, you know, recognizing anything that happens after hours. I wouldn't be able to do anything useful until we got back in the office the next morning. So, you know, yeah, thank you for telling me about this. I'll get to it in the morning or something to that effect, right? And so we say, okay, if we know how he's going to push back, how are you going to counter the counter, right? Uh, and you want to get these things out on paper because now you can start to organize, you can start to be creative. So that much is nice. But you didn't just get thoughts on paper just to do homework, right? So step four is that you have to actually rehearse these critical phrases that you come up for yourself, right? Record yourself on your phone, role play with a friend, check your body language. How's my tone? Are my shoulders back? Do I have a confident posture? What is it going to take so that I get my reps out in the gym and iron out my phrasing so I'm not tripping over my words in the in the actual moment, right? And then step five is to follow through. You didn't just do all this just to feel good about yourself, right? You did this to have the actual conversation, so don't forget why. And so the funny thing is, is that people don't realize, well, what if it still goes off the rails, Jerry? Because, you know, no plan survives attacked by reality. Uh, well, you know, you'd rather have tried and failed than not tried it, right? We're, we're over this whole idea of, oh, I don't want to fail well if you don't want to fail so you know what's the true definition of failure failure is refusing to find a way to make the situation better right and so the interesting thing is that now that even if it tries and fails right now you have something to study right say well where did i go wrong you know when did this conversation start to not go the way it needed to um how do i change my approach to increase my chances of success next time right? and then the overall theme of this, right, is to recognize that leadership and conflict resolution and any other um, self skill like this is uh, always takes time, always takes work, always takes evaluation and adjustments. It is not exclusive to people who seem to have it or they don't. Um, and so when people realize, you know what, with enough work and enough time and, and effort and evaluation, I could get better at this. It just makes life a whole lot uh, more tolerable <laughs> for the leadership challenges. A hundred percent. It is. And uh, I am a person that like at home, I'm different. So I, conflict comes. I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do this. But outside of my home, conflict comes. I freeze. I don't know what to do. I don't want to get into it. So I love that you help out, um, you know, your clients and because it is, it is needed, especially in leadership. I say like there's managers and then there's leaders mm -hmm. and we do need more leaders in this world. <laughs> yeah. yeah, those two hats, um, you have to wear both a lot of times, right? And on one hand, you need to look and see the tasks are actually getting done the way they need to. And at the same time, if people were simply cogs in a machine, that would be enough, but they clearly aren't. So to be able to motivate them well and inspire them well and demonstrate that you are there to support them no matter how difficult the circumstances, people want that reassurance. And that doesn't come from management, it comes from leadership. Yep. And what are so, some common mistakes that people make uh, with conflicts? Mm, yeah. One of the most common is to avoid it altogether, right? Oh, if I... It'll it'll automatically fix itself. That's another fun word that we've heard a lot. Oh, it'll automatic automatically get done. It's like no, like it didn't work. It had that approach has not worked, and don't expect it to work, right? Like oh, let me just give it another couple of weeks. 
so yeah, that's the first mistake. The second mistake, uh, most frequent mistake is, uh, not evaluating the story you're telling yourself about a situation when mm. expectations are broken. Right. And I, I'm guilty of this, right. Whenever my technicians come in late and I'm always, my first instinct is to say, they know better and they just don't care like I care. So I'm just going to go and I'm going to crack the whip and just question their uh, commitment to this company and say, hey, you know, do you understand the benefits of being on time? Well, yeah. It's like, okay, so what's keeping you from being on time? Oh, you know, and then rec instead of recognizing, hey, like, I understand life gets hard. Sometimes your kids act up, they get sick, you know, all these other things. And what will you do differently to continue to try to increase your chances of success right but i'm uh, but if i'm i'm if i refuse to listen right or if i refuse to hear their side of things without judgment um it's only going to make things worse for both of us right uh third thing oh i love this one interrupting Woo, like listening to respond instead of listening to listen and i love i love going over this point because i didn't learn this you know until i got this wrong several times guys so Please understand, I, I, I skinned my knee several times on this. If you listen to respond and you like you hear the first thing that you don't like and you jump in, you're only going to escalate the situation because now the other person feels like you're not listening to them in full. And then now they feel disrespected, not only because you're not listening, but because you, you cut them off, right? And now people are both on the defensive people are both shut down you're not actually talking about anything productive you're just airing out frustrations that were entirely preventable right the the jedi trick again i can't believe i'm going on here saying this but you know here we go the only way that you can actually like launch a missile that will actually hit your target is if you let them talk without interrupting let them finish everything that they're saying because only then will you have a complete picture of their case. And then only then will you be able to accurately respond in a way that will actually land. Right. And it's hard. Don't get me wrong. When you're hearing everything and just taking every hit that they're giving you. And you're just like, oh, are they, are they done yet? Are they done yet? It's like, no, no, no. Listen to what they have to say because that exactly that's exactly the ammunition you need to fire back. Like I say this lovingly, guys, because when this does two things: when someone feels like you've they've been listened to, they're more likely to respond well to what you have to say. And I'm I've gotten much better about saying, "Have you said everything you need to say to me?" Yes. Are you sure? Is there anything else that need need to be aware of before I respond? No. Okay. And then you just confirm and ask permission very quickly in the same way that I gave you space to express yourself in full. Are you willing to give me the same courtesy so that I can express my response in full? Yes. Okay. And you give a caveat. If you jump in, this conversation is over right? Because that's happened before, right? Someone will promise me that they are willing to give me full space without interruption. And then as soon as I say something, they're, oh, no, sorry. Will you let me finish, please? Right? You promised that you would. May I finish? Right? And then once you do that, okay, now, now that we both laid all our cards on the table, affirm them, right? 
thank you for sharing all that. Are we on the same side? Doesn't feel like it. Well, do the same people sign both our paychecks? Well, yeah. Like, okay, well then, how do we make sure <laughs> that we can still keep getting those paychecks, right? Mm -hmm. Show me, right? I can't do this without you. And so the idea then, right, is that's how we come back to avoiding that third mistake is recognizing, you know what? Your best move is to just let them finish talking. And so, yeah, those are the top three mistakes I see people make. And hey, guys, uh, there's a better way if you're willing to trust it. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what are three powerful questions you use as a leader? Mm, yeah. One of my favorites, and I've asked this of myself, like I asked this of anybody else. Part of it is just asking yourself, well, what's really going on? Right? Because too often, the first problem that people come to you with, is not the actual problem. You're just scratching the surface, right? So you have to kind of dig a little deeper. It's like, you know, asking the five whys, like Toyota likes to do. Well, why did this happen? Well, why did that happen? What, you know, what's really going on, right? Um, so that's one I like to use. Uh, a second one is, uh, what are you learning? What's the lesson here, right? Because now if people, it frames the situation as, oh, like it's not just this annoying thing that's getting in the way. It's like, well, what did you learn about, you know, the person that's causing the problem or the system that's broken or, you know, what? what's the lesson here? Oh, I need to start preventing this instead of being reactive every time it happens. Okay, so third question then is, well, what's your next action? It's that question we love because it undermines the victim mentality. It undermines complaining because you realize, hey, we're not going to look back. We need to look forward and we need to do something. So what is your next action? Not maybe a variation is what is what is the next action, right? Who needs to do it? So that's, that's a fun one. But when you say what is your next action, that makes it very personal. And it helps people focus on their locus of control. They realize, you know what? I can do something about this. I can pick up the phone. I can do some research online. I can, you know, ask a, a friend or a mentor who's probably seen this problem before. So that's those are three questions we like to use a lot. I like that. So what sets you apart from other coaches? Oh man. You have to like try not to humble brag on this stuff, right? You're just like, <laughs> oh guys, I yeah, you know. I love the fact that I take in volumes of information, right? I love reading. I'll pull stories from anywhere if it's relevant. Like I like to assemble a big, big toolbox of resources, whether it's stories from my own personal journey that people love or that, hey, you know what? I've read a lot of interesting books that may be relevant to your situation. Either way, we will find something that's useful to help you whether it's like hey let's add like a hammer or a power saw to your toolbox or hey you know what i'm just going to ask a lot of questions that's even in my coaching certification like the feedback was this guy knows how to ask questions so yeah between asking questions and pulling in resources that are relevant and, and useful um i'd say those are the reasons why people uh, i hope people be would be excited to work with me and who will be your ideal client? Yeah, ideal client is um, typically Asian American leaders in their 20s and 30s, right? Because they're they're experiencing conflict for the first time and they're not sure what to do about it typically, right? Uh, because they're at a stage where they realize that following the rules that their parents told them didn't quite work out, 
right? Oh, if I go to a good school and I get good grades, I should have a job ready for me when I when I get when I graduate. Life doesn't owe you that at all. <laughs> and you don't learn that until it's too late, right? Same thing with what I dealt with. Like what the the stability that my parents wanted as immigrants, I can appreciate. And at the same time, I'm going to have to disagree with that because being slave to a chain and feeling like a puppet is not worth, in my mind, is not worth the benefits that they promise, right? I don't need a, a depression counseling hotline if you just staffed me adequately, right? Like it's cheaper. Like you didn't have to spend all that money on this infrastructure. You just need to just help me hire good people, right? Mm -hmm. And so they're also recognizing that these jobs, right, that oh yeah we just want a big income and give you high quality of life and then yeah absolutely you want to bank away money for retirement have a job that lets you you know make enough money to be able to allocate those resources but you realize that you know what i don't have to be an accountant or a physician or an engineer or some kind of prestigious you know profession if i don't enjoy it right and we're not saying that you you know, you be irresponsible and at the same time you recognize, okay, like, how can I have more fun at my job? Maybe that is possible, right? Like, for instance, I didn't realize I could charge money for dance lessons. Like, I was too ashamed. You're like, no, that's a fun thing. You're not allowed to charge money for that. You're just supposed to be generous with that. It's just like, well, what What if you were willing to test to see what people were willing to pay for, right? People like to have fun and people are willing to pay good money to have good fun. So, you know, I can't charge for uh, yeah, so these are, these are the kind of people that I like uh, navigating situations through, right? When uh, you know, when a new leader tells me, "Hey, there's a guy, ten years senior on the team I inherited, and he's mad about not getting a promotion, and the last two supervisors gave up on him," how do I get him to take my feedback seriously? Right? These are the kind of moments that I love people. I love talking people through. So, yeah, I love that. And you mentioned that you love reading. Do you have? Uh, do you recommend a book? Oh, plenty. <laughs> so, so many. If I had to, the mix keeps getting different because, and I'll tell people a little bit about that journey if time permits. Uh, I say this because I used to just be hooked on like leadership, nonfiction, self-improvement books. And there's a bunch by yep. Chip and Dan <laughs> that are really good. But then you realize that you don't want like a good diet of, of books. Isn't just, doesn't just come from one category, right? And like, yeah, we want a lot of vegetables, but you're going to need something else like in, in addition to the vegetables. So if I had to list three books right now for people to check out, um, I like the coaching habit by Michael Bungie Stanier. Uh, it talks about some of the key seven questions every leader needs to ask so that you're not, you won't get burnt out and you actually grow your people. Uh, both are, both are wonderful benefits. Uh, second book I like is Unbroken by uh, Lauren Hillebrand. And they talk about Louis Zamperini's journey from being an Olympic runner in Berlin to having to fight off sharks in their raft stranded on the Pacific after his plane went down and then dealing with the Japanese POW camp. It's a great story, a very inspiring story of resilience. So it um, also helps put your own challenges in perspective. So that's the second book. Third book uh, I like you know, stories. So Pachinko by Min Yin Lee uh, talks, it's a story about, you know, this Korean woman who gets pregnant by a Japanese man who turns out to be Yakuza and then just the whole like, you know, intricate tensions that have, you know, that come from that instance. Uh, so yeah, uh, those are three books. I would say, hey, check these out guys, see what you think. 
Ooh, nice. Yeah, I got to take notes. <laughs> I love it. Thank you so much uh, for coming on the show. Is there anything else that you would like my listeners to know about you? Sure, we'll, we'll end on this. So um, I had the fortune to be invited to contribute a book chapter uh, from another podcast host that I've met in my journey of building my business. And so I submitted that chapter last year. And the crazy thing is that we initially were going to self-publish, but then Wiley decided to pick up the book and actually got published by Wiley this past March. Wow. Um, Secrets of Next Level Entrepreneurs, the main uh, can, the main coordinator is uh, Alex Brookman, but I have a chapter on conflict resolution, so I unpack a little more uh, in depth with like case studies and examples and you know mind shift and things. So, yeah, um, it's it's such an imposter syndrome thing where you're just like, oh, you're a Polish author, but not really. Don't don't brag on that. And I'm just like, okay, well, I still have to tell people about the book because my name's still on the cover, even if it's super tiny. So, uh, yeah. yeah, check out the book. It's uh, right around you know. It, it retails for 28 but it's amazon decided to put a discount on it as well so yeah check it out it's uh it's available on amazon audible kindle uh check it out awesome i love that yeah i'm glad you mentioned it and uh uh yeah so where can my listeners find you yeah um if if you don't have the budget for a 20 dollar book then uh check out www.adaptingleaders.com uh and from there, there's a free blog checking, you know, you can book a complimentary 30 minute call uh, or you can download the free guide uh, at adaptingleaders.com forward slash guide. I love that. Thank you so much for coming on my show and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you. <laughs> Alrighty then I hope that you enjoyed this uh, conversation as much as I did you know you can find my podcasts in all major platforms like Spotify Apple Podcasts I'm also music uh, and my YouTube channel you know the deal you know like and subscribe help this girl out <laughs> and if you want to have a conversation with me or him you can find us as well in Podmatch an amazing community for podcast hosts and podcast guests to make amazing collaboration uh, uh, anyways, hope you have a blessed day. Bye-bye.